What is up from the SNY studios in New York City? Welcome to another edition of the Knicks Blog Podcast. We were off for a week. I was out in Los Angeles. Moke was got some sun, man. Like got, got a little tan. Got a little bit. Moke was in. It's funny, man. We had such a uh, you know, amazing winter, 50, 60 every day. And I and guess that's the blizzard while you out in L.A. Well, I was here for the blizzard. I left the next day. Oh, okay, okay. But all of a sudden, so 10, escape, 10 days ago, the winter just happened in yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, spring is here now. You know, New York Knicks might not be seeing the playoffs this season, but when the spring rolls around is when you start thinking about the NBA playoffs. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And it was only just four years ago we were talking about what seed will the Knicks be in the playoffs? Will it be two? <laughs> will it be three? Could they catch Miami at one? And that four years ago now seems like 20. Yeah, man. It definitely, definitely, definitely does feel like a very, very long time. And they ended up getting the number two seed, losing in the second round, and I'm still not over it. Yeah, well, <laughs> Roy, I'm, I'm and Roy Hibbert has been trashed <laughs> since that series. I was going to say, that's what Roy Hibbert threw Mello's dunk back in his face. That might be – is that the – Signifying play for Carmelo's Nick career from I think is like so close yet yeah, so there, far. There's two. There's I think Easter Sunday 2012. See, I don't I don't think so. But that was a regular season. Exactly, it's regular season, so exactly. it's tough. But there hasn't been that many playoff moments. So I hate to be negative here, and I love Melo, but yeah, that's probably his defining moment as a Nick is you know getting blocked by Roy Hibbert. It's unfortunate. I don't think you or I are rooting for that, but unfortunately, as of now, that probably is Carmelo's defining moment. Yes, unfortunately, for sure. And, and speaking of unfortunately. He should have pulled up for the jumper there. Because <laughs> we know Melo's not a high flyer. Yeah, I mean. But he know, tried. In, in high, hindsight, is twenty twenty, right? Because if he threw it down on the oh, jumper, Game over. You know what I mean? N1, game over. Yeah. But anyway, man, so speaking of unfortunately. Yeah, we do got, have some got some, got some news you want to deliver to everybody, right? Yeah, we do have some unfortunate news for all the listeners of the Knicks Blog podcast. Um, unfortunately, we are not going to be back next season. That is show business. That is the media, sports, music, you know, whatever you, you do. It's, so it, you know, no job is safe unless you're probably Bob Costas or, you know, one of those big, big guns. No job is safe. And uh, we are not going to be back next year. And, um, you know, we're not, we're not happy. I don't, you know, nobody, you know, loses a show and is happy about it. We uh, appreciate everybody that's listened over the last three years, even myself going back to when I started TKB Radio in 2009, just speaking for myself. I know Moke as well. We appreciate all you guys, all the interaction for the show, all the interaction on Twitter, Facebook, running into people at the games, saying they heard the show, saying they loved it, saying we were too negative sometimes, saying we suck sometimes even. That's okay. I don't we, know what you're talking about. Ain't nobody ever told me I suck. Oh, we got a few of them. We got a few of them. Oh, you guys are too negative, whatever. But either way, listen, we appreciate you all. We appreciate everybody at SNY from Jason Viteri to Matt Cerrone and after today, we're going to have one more show, and we're going to be as professional as we always are. We're going to talk about what's going on with the New York Knicks, and uh, we're going to give it to you the best as we possibly can. But that is some unfortunate news that, unfortunately, we have to tell you guys. So after today, we have one more show, and now I'll throw the floor over to Mr. Moke Hamilton if you'd like to add to this uh, discussion. Uh, to, to be perfectly honest with you, I think you said everything perfectly. You know, um, I can't say it any better. I think that we had a very good run here on the show. You know, it's been very nice working with you. Uh, it's possible that there could be some other endeavors in the future where, you know, certain paths might cross or what have you. But for all intents and purposes, as of right now, this is the penultimate episode of the Knicks blog podcast. And we're not happy to say that, but 
as you said, Mr. Donahue, it is show business. And in the spirit of show business, let's get on with the show, man, because we got a lot of stuff no, we want to try to cover and not all the time in the world to do it. No, absolutely. And like last thing, it, it's been an honor and so much fun working with you. I've known you about seven, eight years now, going back to the Cannabis L.O. Cool J article so that, that, I, <laughs> that I found on Facebook. That was a long time ago. And uh, I appreciate working with you and it's been fun. And, you know, we, we see each other all the time. So this isn't an end to our relationship by any means. Definitely. definitely <laughs> so definitely. Uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about these New York Knicks that are obviously not going to the playoffs that have lost the last 85 games. It seems like seems like December 22nd was a long time ago. Do you know what December 22nd was? December 22nd would have been when they were 16 and 13. Correct, and that was the last time they beat the Orlando Magic that night. Okay. And that was the last time the New York Knicks won consecutive games. Damn. December 20th first the Pacers. And then the next game was against the Celtics. Yep. Where everything has kind of just been downhill. The from Knicks there. were down 10, 11 points, about two minutes left. They tied. They got to two. Joakim Noah finds Carmelo Anthony for a layup. The Garden crowd was as electric as I have as I've seen it in about 10 years. Marcus Smart hits a three. Melo loses the ball. Season over. All right. Yeah, so just wrap up all that revisionist history. Sorry. Stuff, just had to say I'm tired of hearing about all that. Let's talk about the future. So the future. Okay, okay so Jeff Hornacek, he had come out the other day, and he talking about how he we had to stick to the triangle. Now, I don't know what's going on in Jeff Hornacek's brain. Boy, I'd love to sit down and have a couple of It's not him. I, well, that's my point. So if Jeff Hornacek really loves the triangle that much, and if Jeff Hornacek wants to run this damn triangle. He would have been coaching it at Phoenix if right, he liked the Then he much. should. It's ne- I don't care that Phil's won 85,000 rings. It's never a good optic when the ma- when management is telling the coach what to run, and it's obvious the players know it's coming from up top. So this is not to me, and I hope it gets better, obviously, but to me and to a lot of Knicks fans, this is not a great situation. Definitely not. Larry Brown, they call him uh, – Rasheed Wallace called him pound-for-pound pound Larry Brown because Rasheed said that he was the best coach pound-for-pound pound that he ever played for. There are some people that call him next-town Larry well, Brown. Well, we know that, yeah. Because the man has had 50,000 head I think coaches. he's coaching a junior high team now. <laughs> yeah, who knows what he's doing. <laughs> Shout-out to Larry Brown, the Hall of Fame coach. Nothing but love for the man. He's from, from, from the from area. From Long Island. Yeah, yeah, I think he's from Long, Long Beach guy. or something like that. Didn't work out with the Knicks. Yeah, but. yeah, whatever. But the point is Larry Brown said it best. He's like, yo, if Phil wants to tell the coach what to do, then Phil Jackson himself needs to be coaching a team. Exactly. And that's honest. 100%. Shout to Steph- Stephen Bondi. Right, because Bondi actually caught up with Brandon Jennings down in D.C. earlier this week. He had a very good conversation with Jennings about the triangle. Jennings talked about how weird it was to kind of not know what you were doing day to day. Kind of weird that Phil seemed to be pulling strings from up top and Hornacek would kind of go off on his own to say, hey, you know what? I don't know if we actually want to do and that. And things getting switched up in practice. Exactly. Even, I believe it was after last night's game in Portland or maybe the game in Utah where Carmelo Anthony said, he wished Jeff Hornacek stuck to one plan. Yeah, and Hornacek himself said that too. So it's a very bad optic, but it kind of all ties back together. Now, you talk about Carmelo, you talk about his future. Jeff Hornacek said earlier this week as well that they were going to be using these final few games of the season to kind of gauge who can play the triangle. See, and he said and he said maybe D. Rose and Melo and Porzingis. I mean, obviously you would think Porzingis is safe, but he intimated that those guys were might not be back next season. And then now... That actually came right on the heels of an Ian Begley report that said the Knicks are fully committed to trading Carmelo this summer, which is not really a surprise. The question is, is Carmelo Anthony fully committed to leaving the Knicks? Carmelo is gone. He is one of the few athletes in sports. Carmelo out of here, man. So, and and I'll get, we'll get more into that in a little bit. But on the triangle stuff, 
it's it, it's just such a fascinating situation. And one thing I want to get to, Jeff Hornacek said, we're going to evaluate players these last 10, 12, 15 games of the year. Yep. I've been saying this for years now. Unfortunately, we've both watched the Knicks be trash the last 17 years, 16 years. So a lot of times the last 20 games of the season, you're seeing if a player is good. And one thing I've learned the last 15, 16, 17 years watching NBA basketball. Uh, you can't judge them based on that. You can't that. judge players in the last 20 games. You can't. Now, sometimes a player shines. You, can't, you, no, you can't judge you them can. when the games don't matter. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, so no, if I the Knicks it. are fighting for playoff position, and let's say Billy Hernan Gomez tears it up or Chase Randall tears it up, you're like, oh, wait, these are important games. So right now a lot of these games the Knicks are playing, they really don't matter, and they might not matter for the other team. So I remember the, the end of the 2006-2017, the last 20 Navarre games. Navarre Postel. No, no, that was, that was 02. 20, that was 02. You know but 07, Marty Collins. I know what you're talking those about. Those last 20 games. Yeah, he was lighting it up. It. And in the last up. 20 games of the 2010 season, Tony Douglas was a beast. People talking about he's the next Chauncey Billups. So I'm not saying you can't evaluate a little bit these last 20 games, but when the games don't matter and you're playing against other teams, when the games – like if you're playing the Sixers, for example, which is the Knicks do the last game of the season – Games don't matter for either team. Right. So let's say a player X goes and kills it. I'm not saying he won't be a Hall of Famer 20 years later, but I don't think you can really evaluate that on these last 20 games. I, I agree with that to an extent. It's kind of like in summer league. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. It's kind of like in summer league when a guy goes out there, you know, eighth overall, Trey Lyles of the Utah Jazz go out there, 19 points, 14 rebounds. Everybody's like, oh, man, like he's a double-double machine. Yeah. Can't even get off the pine when the games exactly. actually count. You know what I mean? But, but. In those last 15 to 20 games, what you can see is potential. Yes, and you can, yes. And you can see reasons to say, okay, you know what? Let's bring this guy back next season. Next season, if he can hit a three rolling off a screen like Justin Holiday showed he can. Well, we've seen promise from Justin let's Holiday. Bring him back. We've you seen promise I mean? from Justin Holiday all season, though. Well, who, but who else is, like, aside from Hernan Gomez, Porzingis, Kuzminskis, and Holiday, Ron, I mean, Ron Baker, eh. like, you know what I mean? I always think of the Phoenix game of Randall, Ron Baker. Ron Baker's okay. Know? Randall's okay. That's what I'm saying. And I think everyone – does anybody think that Ron Baker is the next coming of, of John Stockton or, or Chris Paul? And here's the thing. You go back to that Phoenix game when Ron Baker was playing on the stretch. That was a big game for the Knicks. So if he kills it down the stretch now, these games aren't important. So your, your nerves aren't going to be tight. Where when you're 14 and 10 playing in Phoenix on a Tuesday night, that's when – When Carmelo play, is gone. Yeah, right? real Carmelo player, wasn't, real wasn't around for that game. That, that game. He, I'm, Jeff, I'm right about that, right? Yeah, we watched the game together. Yeah, Jeff yeah, kept him hurt. on the bench. Yeah. No, I think he got hurt. I think Jeff, remember Jeff was going with Ron Baker long. Porzingis got hurt? No, Porzingis took the last shot of that game. Somebody got hurt in that game. Maybe it was Derrick Rose. I don't know. Derrick Rose did. Okay. Derrick Rose did. Okay. And remember, you, you and I were saying, wait, how long is he going to go with Ron Baker? That said, we, you, you can't really judge these guys in these last 15, 20 games. Watch the games. Maybe you see something you like. But me personally, and, and I, I just can't really judge players on the last 15, 20 games when the games don't matter, especially if you're playing against a team that the game doesn't matter for them. I, 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 I mean, I agree with you. And I don't, I don't – who would disagree with that? That's such a reasonable take. It's difficult to disagree with that. I mean, I don't really have much to add to that, yeah, Mr. Donahue. No, so can we talk about them trading Carmelo now? Yeah, so uh, the Carmelo trade situation, and it hasn't stopped. I mean, I think the trade rumor started with Carmelo the day he came to the Knicks. It's, it seems like <laughs> Carmelo played his first game versus the Bucks the next day. Berman's like, I think he's going to request a trade. Just joking. Berman never said that. I'm just totally playing around now. We got love for Mark as he is a legend in the game. But um, so Melo has no trade clause. Two years left on his contract. I've said this on Twitter a few times. You know, Chris Paul has reached out to Carmelo Anthony. 
I'm not going to use the term begging. I don't think Chris Paul begs anything, begs anybody for anything. These guys are friends, man. Yeah, these guys are home. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he's trying to put it in Melo's ear. And there's been some talk that, you know, you know wait till the summertime. Well, the summer's almost here. You got to figure Carmelo in his prime. And I've t- in his prime, I, I respect his loyalty to the Knicks. But as a fan of Carmelo, I have a feeling if he stays with the Knicks and keeps losing four years in a row, not in the playoffs, he may regret this down the road. Listen, Carmelo gone, man. All right, Carmelo is gone. The only question is, where is he going to end up going? And what can you get for him? And what can you get for him? Now, the unfortunate, let's answer the second question first. What can you get for him? Truth of the matter is not that much. Exactly. And everyone needs to come to terms with that because I got people hitting me on Twitter laughing at the prospect of getting back Austin Rivers or something like It's like, yo, the Knicks have absolutely no Leverage. No, they no. have none whatsoever. None. For them, <laughs> trading Carmelo is really going to be more about an addition by subtraction yep. type thing than it's going to be like, oh, we're going to get three first-round picks back I for Carmelo. It. Maybe one. Maybe one. Not happening. But how many first-round picks did the New Orleans Pelicans give up for DeMarcus Cousins? How's that working out? One. It's How's not working out very well. Not very well. But the point is, that, that, that's the point. And then with the no-trade clause, if Carmelo didn't have a no-trade clause, Phil would have traded him to the Orlando Magic back in February. Of two years ago. You know what I mean? Melo would have been traded two years ago. So, so that's the thing that everybody needs to kind of just get through their head right now. You're not going to get equal value back for Carmelo. Now, the Clippers are the team that makes the most sense for a number of reasons. They have many free agents. Is that going to be tough from a trade standpoint? You, you took the words right out of my mouth. So, essentially, what makes the situation with the Clippers very interesting is this is a team that a lot of people feel is sort of on the downside, right? People feel like they may have peaked when they blew that 3-1 lead. Or have Rockets. one more run at it. Well, one or the other. Mo- yeah. One more run probably being this, this year. Yeah, exactly. Where they could have used Carmelo. Oh, yeah. Which I oh, yeah. But here's a really interesting thing about the Clippers. So last season, their payroll is about $96 million. This year, it's about $115 million. Steve Ballmer, right, has an estimated net worth of $30 billion. But this guy is a businessman. If you're Ballmer, re-signing Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, both of whom will be free agents this summer, it's going to cost you maybe $300 million, $320 million. J.J. Redick, also going to be a free agent. J.J. Redick, based on the market conditions I see, he's a $75 to $85 million might player. Be. Crazy, you know right? I mean? would have thought. If you give him the fifth year, you might be looking at close to $100 million yep. for J.J. Redick. All right? If you add Carmelo to those three guys re-signed at their market values, the Clippers will be paying $95 million next season just for those four guys. Yep. So if I'm Steve Ballmer, that's a lot of money to invest in guys that seem to be aging. And then when you look at it, you say, look at the Rockets, look at the Jazz, look at the Golden State Warriors. You know what I mean? Look at the Spurs. Will, would the Clippers with Carmelo be better than any one of those four teams next season? I'm not sure. So for me, that's the only question I have as to whether or not Carmelo to the Clippers makes sense. Now, if they do work out some kind of deal, it's going to be a three or four team deal that has Jamal Crawford and Austin Rivers probably being the principal The ageless wonder, coming, by the way. How about that? Coming out of L.A., maybe going to other teams. Jamal got a lot of money on the books, too, though, man. He got a three or four-year deal. He got a lot of money on the books. But it's still reasonable. It's reasonable. He's maybe about $14 million But if million you're the year. Knicks, and no disrespect to Jamal, I have a huge Jamal fan. No, he's not the answer you for want them. the Knicks? No, no, no. Jamal Crawford what you want right now? No, no, and that's what I'm saying. That's why Crawford would have to go to a third or fourth okay, team yeah. that would shoot a second-round pick or a conditional first to the Knicks in exchange. Best case scenario, if you're the New York Knicks, is a trade that looks something like that. I got a best case scenario. What's that? It's just a fantasy one. <laughs> Melo just convinces Chris Paul to come here. 
That is not outside of the realm of possibility. That's, that's, you know, my dream. That's not outside the realm of possibility. However, the reason why that would not happen, Carmelo would literally have to go to Jim Dolan and say, look, Chris Paul, look at the text message right here. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. Chris Paul said he will sign tomorrow. <laughs> He will sign tomorrow if you get rid of Phil oh, uh, and Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> all right? Aside from that, Phil Jackson has burned I think, uh, the bridge okay. with a number of just agents saying that and line, players. Though. Let's just say that really happened. Phil, you're Jim Phil Dolan, do you do Dolan it? Dolan loves Mel. Yeah. I think, I, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do or not. Well, yeah, it would be. But Dolan does it in a heartbeat. I don't have an edge. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Now, that's a guess, by know. the way. I think if Mello really rolls into Dolan's office. Well, the question is, if you're Dolan and Mello puts on the table to you like that, yeah. you Here's would do it. Here's the text message from Chris Paul, one of the best point guards in the NBA, if not the best all-around true point guard who would help Carmelo Anthony. If he, even if, okay, Mello FaceTimes Chris Paul, <laughs> and Chris Paul says, and he, he yo. chatting with the boss. Yeah. I, that, might be, got, that might be tamper. You got to be careful with that, Ant. That would be, right? That would probably be tamper. Okay, just shows him the text message. Maybe a Snapchat from Chris Paul, and, Mel, and I think Dolan would do it. I mean, I think if you're Jim Dolan, you'd have to consider it only because Phil Jackson has done such a. And poor then you wouldn't job. have to pay Phil because he has he can. They don't have to technically renew the contract. Hey man, it's a good line of thought. And it's a. I don't know if it's, it's gonna. Good, it's I'm not betting on it. It's a good line of thought. I'm not throwing my money on it happening, but that's a. It's possible. It's everything is possible. I would not bank on it mainly because. Doc Rivers can pay Chris Paul more than anybody else. Yep. And then the other thing is, if you're Chris Paul, the only way that could possibly happen is if J.J. Redick is like, hey, you know what? This is cool and all, but I'm out. I want to go play for the Charlotte Hornets because I want to go back to my college roots. Yeah. All right. Maybe if that – and then Blake is like, you know what? Without J.J., I don't know if it's going to be that popping here. Maybe, maybe I'm going to go to OKC yeah. to go play with Russell yeah. Westbrook. And then maybe if Doc Rivers is like, well, hell – what am I sticking around for? I might as well go back to Orlando where I still have an off-season home where the franchise wants think, me to come back and run everything. You think they want to let Frank Vogel go already, though? And I've heard rumors about it. I've heard rumors about it, too. And I will say the rumors I've heard are coming from very good sources. So interesting, though, only a year in. Very good sources. interesting, though. Very good I know, sources. I believe it. I'm just saying it's so interesting they want you know to part with them already. But without even going down that, that whole trail, my point is if Blake – and Doc and J.J. all decide they want out, then maybe Chris Paul's going to look for greener pastures elsewhere. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Steve Ballmer's going to open the checkbook and to sign, sign Blake and Chris Paul. J.J.? Probably J.J. as well. Yeah. And then they're going to try to find a way to get Carmelo there. Because yeah, that's probably the most realistic scenario. One other thing, too, Andrew. Not the fantasy re scenario. Real quick, too. Earlier this week, Carmelo himself said, matter of fact, you were in L.A. when this happened. Shoot around before the Clipper game. Carmelo himself said there was quote-unquote, an opportunity yeah. for him to join the Clippers in yep. February. So that means that, that, that goes to show you that there was obviously some sort of deal on the table that will absolutely be he, revisited once the season And because over. he has the no-trade clause, he has the family here, son here, wife exactly. here. Exactly. He, he has the Now, if he didn't have the no-trade clause, he'd have no choice. Exactly. But because he holds power and can veto any trade, he's like, I'm not moving my son or I don't want to be away from my son and wife. And I can't. And he has the power to do that. Exactly. Unlike most players, exactly. he does. So he obviously vetoed that trade. And, and and listen, if I had a bet on it, and I'm not a betting person, if I had a bet on it, Carmelo's a Clipper next year. Yeah, I mean. I'm just giving you that fun that's scenario. That's safe money. That's is, definitely you know, safe money is on the Clippers. Chris Paul coming here. And then where do you go with the Knicks then? And, you know, obviously, okay, you trade Carmelo Anthony. You don't get much back. Now you're throwing the keys to Porzingis. 
I don't know who the point guard is. Is it Lonzo Ball? Is it Derrick Rose? Is it Drew Holiday? I don't know. I, I don't know. And nobody knows. Listen, Derrick Rose. It's not Derrick Rose. I mean, I'm 99.9% sure it's not Derrick Rose. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it being Derrick Rose. I was really looking forward to the Knicks making the playoffs and Derrick Rose shooting threes. Listen. Man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, interesting thing I actually wrote in my NBA Sunday column on basketballinsiders.com a few weeks ago. What is really interesting about this draft, Anthony, is I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for Phil Jackson to end up trading the pick. And the reason why I say that is because if they're re-emphasizing the triangle, what every scout will tell you about the draft class of 2017 is that it is rich in point guard. Rich, it is. But with the attack point guard experiment not working with Derrick Rose in the triangle, if you're Phil Jackson and you end up getting the number six or number seven pick, all the teams that you would expect to be ahead of the Knicks in the lottery are set at their point guard spot. So Jason Tatum might not be there for you at number seven. You know what I mean? And if you're Phil, do you really want to roll the dice and take a young, dynamic, energetic point guard with a number seven pick if you're going to re-emphasize the triangle? I'm not really sure that you would. So I just, like, I, Who are you getting to bring the ball up the court? I, look, I don't know. I don't know, but look, they were all over Ricky bring, Rubio, right? Bring BJ Armstrong out of they, were, they were all over Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? And, and Ricky Rubio is still available. And, and the other thing I will say about the point guard position in the NBA today is it's the deepest position. It is. So it's really not that difficult for you to go out there and find a decent, serviceable point guard. You know, there's been conversation about. But does that holiday. point guard want to play in the system where the ball's not in your hands as much? You know, and I and I hate when we talk about the the play again. Phil's not coaching. Let's let's make that very clear, the players Phil had on those Laker teams and those Bulls teams, I mean, Hall of Fame players. So he had Scottie Pippen bring the ball up the court. He had Lamar Odom, Michael Jordan. Those were the guys handling the basketball. The Knicks don't have that. There's no Lamar Odom in his prime. There's no Scottie Pippen in his prime. There's no Michael Jordan in his prime. Kobe Bryant in those early 2000 years, he brought the basketball up the court all the time. Ron Harper did. None of these guys are on this Nick team. Well, this is all well documented. This is all this is all information that we've known for a long time. And it was also Phil coaching. What be, what is obvious, Anthony, is that Phil Jackson has an agenda, right? Phil Jackson has decided to use his time with the New York Knicks to fulfill his agenda. Yeah, it's really, what is, it's really what working. Is, what is his agenda? Phil Jackson's agenda, for whatever reason, is to prove to the world that the triangle is the best system in which to play basketball. I'm sure it's a his, phenomenal his, his system when you have the right horses. Well, but that's the thing. When you have the right horses, Phil Jackson's agenda clearly is to prove that the system, J Jerry Krause, the late Jerry Krause, who actually just recently yeah, rest passed, in rest in peace to Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause was famous for saying, players don't win championships, organizations do. Phil Jackson seemed like he wants to prove that. That it is clear to me that that's his agenda. And I'm not, let me, let me make this clear. I'm not saying the triangle can't work. But notice that Phil Jackson, it never was that great with average teams. The 2005-2005-06 Lakers and 06-07 Lakers, average teams with Kobe Bryant, lost in the first round two years in a row. The next year they acquire Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum gets a lot better. Oh, now you're in Lamar. Right Lamar, now, you're now you're in the finals. Yeah. Next year you win, next year you win. They made the with three, Pau Gasol, three years in a row they made the finals. Lamar Odom, yeah, three years in a row. They lost the first one to the Celtics. Yep, yep, exactly. Lost in 08, 1-0, yeah, 1-10. So three years in a row in the finals. So, yeah, I believe the triangle can work. But remember who the guys Phil Jackson had, Michael Jordan, Scotty. I mean, do you, re do you remember, and to the youngins listening, go watch some videos, do you remember how good Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal were?
And but, kicking out to Derek Fisher, you had Horace Grant on those teams. I mean, those teams were so good. But Porzingis is better than all the dudes put together, ain't he? <laughs> I thought, I think, I hope. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure the tri- listen. Do I think the triangle helped them? Absolutely. With Kobe and Shaq, you know, they, it wasn't really working out with Del Harris. I think Phil helped a lot. Well, look, but look man. at the horses he had. Well, those horses are not here. Well, maybe they are, right? And that's what we're going to find out the final 12, 12 games this season. We are. The Knicks, you know, they enter play on the 24th of March, which is as we're recording this, having lost four games in a row, right? But, but at least now you've seen the young guys get some. That's true. You know what I mean? Trailblazers, they, they dropped one to the Trailblazers Thursday night. Porzingis chipped in 18 points. Chasing Randall had 13. Kuzminskis had 14. You know what I mean? So that, that's kind of where the Knicks organization is. I think they agree with you to some extent, Ant, where they're trying to say, hey, well, what kind of horses do we have? Do we have guys on this roster right now that can play this way and actually win some basketball games? That's what they're trying to figure out. And one thing Jeff Van Gundy said on an interview with me, and I'm sure he said it on other interviews as well, in the fourth quarter back in the day, especially against the Knicks going up against those Bulls teams, it was get the ball to Michael Jordan and, and get, get the there. hell out the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's go, let's go around the league as we do every week on the Knicks blog podcast. My around the league is a team that I saw twice when I was out in Los Angeles, and that's the Los Angeles Clippers, a team I have a soft spot for. I'm just a big fan of Chris Paul. Well, you're going to have an even softer spot when they got Carmelo next Yeah, year. I guess I will. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I will. I've always loved Chris Paul since Wake Forest. I think he's just a great kid. Uh, easy to root for. I love his game. I just really love his game. And yeah, I you're like a year older than him talking about he's a great kid. Well, you know, just, I feel like I'm young still. <laughs> but either or, Blake Griffin is healthy. Chris Paul is healthy. He seems like he's playing like he's 25 years old. Could this be the year the Clippers really take that next step and are playing in the conference finals? I don't know. A lot of tough teams in the West with Golden State and San Antonio, respectively. But as of seeing them close up the last, this week, I think they have a chance to maybe get past one of those two teams. And maybe, just maybe, if the pieces fall right, they could be playing in the Western Conference Finals. Maybe. Quite possibly. Let me ask you this, man. My round of the league, I want to know, if you had an MVP vote, man, who are you voting for? Russell Westbrook. You vote, you vote for Westbrook? If they're a top six and under. All right. Yeah. Let me tell you this. If you got an MVP vote and you're listening right now and you're planning on voting for James Harden, I'm going to need you to get your glazed dope. But I'm not face. mad. I'm not mad you at You know what? Out of here. As he, if he voted for Harden, I'm not mad at that. But... Come on, man. Averaging a triple-double? Come on, man. No one thought that would ever happen. Come on, man. Don't don't let me hear you say that again. Don't vote for James Harden. Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple-double. Okay, then I not. It's not an empty triple-double. It's a triple-double his team actually needs to win games. Yes. And these guys are going to have a shot to win 45 games. Nobody saw that coming before the season started. And I'm sure an MVP has never won Russell Westbrook's MVP. Oh, I agree. No, no, I agree. I'm I'm not going to destroy you if you vote. No, you need to destroy them. Okay, listen. Russell Westbrook, to me, is the MVP. Mike D'Antoni's coach of the year. Real quick, Mo, what what do you think of LeVar Ball? I think he needs to keep LeBron James' son's names out of his mouth. I'm to a point where a week ago he was making my blood boil. I'm to a point now where you just got to laugh. I tweeted this last night. At some point, he's probably going to come out and say, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was a better hockey player than Wayne Gretzky. I don't know if you know this, I'm actually a better rapper than Nas and Jay-Z combined. So you almost just have to laugh. He's a clown. Well, it, it, know, it's almost kind of funny. You know, I think, I, think, I think Dad needs to drink some. Yeah, I think he needs to take a chill pill. Probably. I think he needs to wait for his son to get drafted. But people are putting the actually, microphones in front of him. Yo, but yo, just, just be cool, man. Like, your kid doesn't need any more pressure. You know how pressure bust pipes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Let the kid get drafted. Let him go to a summer league, light it up a little bit before you not get hyped do and that, start Loki. talking about kind do of foolishness. That. Dad needs to just chill, just let the chips fall how they made. Just you imagine let Lonzo play ball. Could you imagine LeVar in New York holding press conferences in the Delta Lounge at the Garden? Damn. <laughs> and I never even thought about that. Oh, how could you not? 
Well, it's within the realm of possibility as we speak. Having press conferences at, at the side of the arena, boy, that's a situation I don't think the Knicks would want. But as a player, we'd definitely love to have Lonzo Ball. Well, listen, we're about to wrap this bad boy up. We got one more show left. And like I said, we, uh, we thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening in the last three years, following us on social media. We're not going anywhere, but this show, unfortunately, has one left. We'll be back next week. Big thanks, as always, to our producer, Jason Terry. And uh, have a good one, everybody. Take care. This has been the Knicks Blog Podcast, part of the SNY.TV Audio Network.